0: We made it, Scotty. We're in triple digits. Welcome everybody else to the Parkrun Adventures episode 100. I'm hoping you've all had a good week. Have you had a good week, Scotty?
1: Uh, next question.
0: Next question.
1: Are you, um, um, are you all in black? Are we wearing black tonight? Today? This morning? Are you,
0: look, are you looking at me in a camera?
1: <laughs> I have um, intuition. I'm 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 plugged in, Mel.
0: You're plugged in. I think I might have to cover up my camera. I didn't think we had camera stuff going on. <laughs> that could be awkward. Um yeah, I am all in black. Black for the hundred. And it was completely inadvertent. I there did not mean to do that. Are you wearing all black?
1: No black whatsoever.
0: Oh, okay. Well you dropped the ball there, didn't you? Hey speaking of speaking of um black no. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Where are we going with this?
1: <laughs> Let's start on a somber note. Have you ever thought about your own funeral, Mel?
0: I have. Yes.
1: Would you want? Would you wear black? To, would you want everybody to wear black at your funeral? Uh,
0: no. My husband and my family and my close friends are all very well aware that I fully expect everybody to be in costume. It's not going to have a particular theme. I just want them to be in the costume that they like. You know, So, I mean, a lot of people only have one costume. Pretty much everyone I know has at least one costume. So they should be able to find something to wear. And, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that idea. I, so me and my wife had this conversation the other night about our funerals. And um, I have one condition that everybody, all, all, all the men, have to attend my funeral in shorts. And so I like the way you're thinking that everyone has to do it in costume. But they can be colourful shorts. Well, they can be black shorts as long as they are shorts.
0: Okay, I see where you're going with that. That's very you. Do you think? Do you think it's a bit um, inconsiderate of us, as the dearly departed, to expect people to potentially be uncomfortable in what they're wearing if you know they feel like they should be more traditionally respectful and wear other clothing? Well,
1: but it's our funerals, Mel.
0: It is. it is. It's about us, isn't it? Yes. We can be selfish this one last time.
1: I think so. I think you don't... Uh, attending a funeral is one of the selfish Shittiest
0: things shittiest. anyone ever has to do. Yeah.
1: And uh, I think you do it for the person who has passed, not for yourself. But this podcast, we ain't going nowhere.
0: Not yet, anyway. We've
1: got to 100 and we're going to crack on.
0: Do you reckon we'll make it to the green shirt? Do you think we'll have this conversation in like three years' time? And we can be like, 100... That was so long ago.
1: Well, I know that you're keeping track of everything I say after last week. (laughs) So I'm going to go on the record and say no.
0: No to 250.
1: I don't know. Three more years?
0: Well, it's it's a big commitment. It is. I, I understand. I'm not going to hold you to a definitive yes. But I'm going to take your no as a maybe. (laughs) what do you think (laughs) Uh, to be honest I had not thought that far ahead I don't even know what age I'm going to be in three years time let alone whether or not I'll be podcasting exactly exactly Certainly will be parkrun adventuring, though. I can tell you that for sure. Yep.
1: Did you adventure on the weekend?
0: I did. Last weekend, it was Kira Parkrun's anniversary. So I chuffed off down to the Sunshine Coast. Uh, not the Sunshine Coast. That's where I am. To the Gold Coast this time. And knocked off another one of their events down there. And you know what? I know we've had Emnica on the show before. Sidebar, she did not change the theme to something that would be more appropriate for the costume that I had purchased for the week before. Mm.
1: Did you but bring I'm it not up? I to hold it? that against her.
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. She would have had a lot on her mind. Um, the cake was excellent, though, that they had. Um, very tasty. I may have had three pieces. <laughs> three <laughs> but we won't talk about Look, <laughs> Well, you know, you don't. The, the ED doesn't want to take all that cake home. So you have to do your bit for the team. Um, I'm getting off on a tangent again distracted what was i talking about Ah, yes so i know we've had em on the show before and and heard about the course and everything but i just want to reiterate like how beautiful it is it's it reminded me a lot of my home park run except that it had wider paths and a little bit less shade but lots of beautiful vistas of the ocean and sunshine and happiness that's like those three words Ocean, sunshine and happiness. That was what my park run experience was on Saturday.
1: It is a nice spot. I have run the park run there as well. And we have friends who who live up there. It's the closest event to where we usually stay. And yet, there's no arguing. It's a great little stretch. Great little stretch of path to run along.
0: But you went to some place with some celebrations for an anniversary too, didn't you, Scotty? Yeah,
1: we celebrated one year of Darabin Park Run, which was fun. You know, uh great morning, really enjoyed it. Naturally running with some friends and what I, I let myself down a little bit. Uh, the theme was country, bring a little bit of country to Darabin. Ooh. But I, I didn't... That could have
0: been so much fun. I know. It, it,
1: it, it could have been, but I didn't do anything to dress up. Ah. Oh. So I was just um, with Kasha and myself this week and we didn't get dressed up and we were both commenting on the way home that we should have got dressed up. I wish up. you
0: had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I do own flannel, but no, they're, they're definitely definitely a fun morning at Darabin, and great to see that event grow over a year from where we started.
0: Awesome. are super excited and amped this morning to be talking to a very special guest. You'll recognize the voice because she is one of our very own Channel 5 news crew. Lyndall Murray, welcome to the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. Thanks, Mel. It's um, a bit of a surprise
2: to be here, but I'm happy to be here.
0: (laughs) Glad to hear it. Where do we start? Lindell, you you've been on the show. Do you remember when your first episode, your first roving report, was?
2: I don't actually. I remember um, contacting you and saying, "Do I need any special equipment or skills or experience to be a roving reporter?" And before I knew it, I was recording one. But I actually don't remember where it was from.
0: Do you remember? Did you did we tell you that our standards were very low? So anything you could do would be amazing. <laughs>
2: yeah. you, you told me all I needed was a, a phone and a and um, a voice really, so I thought, oh, well, I can give this a crack. Um, I like talking to people and hopefully they'll talk to me, so I'll just give it a go.
1: But give it a go, you have. How have you found the experience of walking up to people you don't know at Parkrun, shoving a phone in their face and asking them questions?
2: I actually really enjoy it. Um, the reason why I started doing the roving reports is that mainly because of my organisational tendency to not really plan too far ahead, I would often make very late decisions to go to different park runs, like late on a Friday night, and so I didn't have anyone to go with me because it was too late at 9 o'clock to say, hey, do you want to come to this new park run with me to any of my friends? so. I'd quite often find myself travelling by myself to different runs. And so doing the roving reports was a good excuse, actually, to go up and have a chat. I mean, park runs are always really friendly and people are happy to talk to you. But um, for me, I guess just having a reason to go up and talk to people made it a bit easier for me to do that.
1: But the other thing is, Linda, you're really good at it. So do you have a background in this or are you just a, a really friendly, happy, nice person? <laughs>
2: Um. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> maybe I'm just a really friendly, happy person. <laughs> Correct answer. Um, I, I did work in radio for a little while a few years ago, um, but I never really interviewed people. I just used to do live crosses from, from places. So maybe I've got a bit of a background, but I'm not a journalist or anything like that.
0: I love that you use it as a means of meeting new people on your adventures. Have you had a lot of fun since you started Roving Reporting? Oh,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, it's kind of funny now. People are like, oh, you're Lyndall. I know who you are, and <laughs> which is really surprising. So um, that's kind of fun as well. But, yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever had anyone say no that they didn't want to talk to me on the podcast Um, even if they don't listen to the podcast and I've never heard of it, they're always happy to have a chat. So, um, I guess that's just another, um, you know, another way that you can tell how friendly parkrunners are in general.
1: Can we go back and find out your parkrun story, Lyndall? How did you first hear about it and when did you first go?
2: Ah uh, yeah so I had a look back at my results and the first time I went to Parkrun was back in 2012 at New Farm Parkrun so um, I remember coming across New Farm Parkrun when I was on one of my long runs on a Saturday morning and I saw it there a couple of times in New Farm Park and on the I think the second or third time I thought I need to find out what this is <laughs> so I just went up and um, had a chat to one of the marshals and said, what's going on? What, what's what's Parkrun? Um, and found out what it was and um, she said, oh, they've just started. You could join them if you like. And I thought, oh, there's no way I'll be able to catch everybody. So I won't do that. Maybe I'll just put it in my back pocket and think about it for another time. Um, and then not long after that, one of my friends sort of contacted me and said that she was interested in starting running and wanted to do a park run and would I go with her? And so we did. We registered and went along to New Farm Park Run and, yeah, that, that's that's how we got into it. And interestingly, that lady that I spoke to at New Farm Park Run is now a regular run director at my home, my now home park run of Bunyaville, so it's just a really nice connection that I have with um, Tess Odsey, one of the um, run directors there.
0: Of all the people you could have a chat to about park run, Tess is one of the ones that will suck you in, that's for sure.
2: Oh yeah, she was really um enthusiastic and you know um said, go, you can you can catch them, go, go, join in now. You don't need to be registered. <laughs> but I was a bit too overwhelmed to do that, so I waited for the next time and and i, I recognised her immediately when i first turned up to banvieve i thought i'm pretty sure that's that lady from new farm and sure enough it was so <laughs> so that's that
0: it's a small park on world so 2012 the first the first event for you that's you know, quite a while ago in parkrun history. What's the story been since then? Have you been one of those people who uses the cliche that they were hooked kind of thing or did you just dabble a little bit to start with before you, you got really involved?
2: Yeah, I did really just dabble for quite a while. Um, I At the time I was training for sort of long distance triathlons and a 5K run on a Saturday morning just didn't quite fit with my training schedule at the time, so it was a bit um, tricky to, to fit it in at the time. But then when I, um, yeah, when I stopped doing so many long-distance um, triathlons and started doing trail running, um, I then discovered Bunyaville Park Run and started getting back into it. And, um, you know, Bunyaville isn't the closest park run to my house. There's lots of others between my home and, and my home park run. So I started going to different events and just really enjoying that. And yeah, I've probably been doing more park runs just in the last few years than, than I did um, earlier on.
1: Now sometimes you miss a park run because you are involved, you are still involved in the triathlon world. What is your involvement yes. there? Because you're kind of a big deal, aren't you? I've, I've seen you in a, an official uniform.
2: <laughs> I um I volunteer as a um, triathlon technical official, and I officiate um, at local events, but I also officiate at international standard events. And it's funny that you say that I miss events. I missed Devonport Parkrun just on the weekend because I was down um, refereeing at the World Para and Oceania Championships down in Devonport this weekend, and Parkrun was like literally fifty meters away. <laughs> And I couldn't go, so um, that was probably the closest I've been to a park run and not done one ever. So <laughs> it was quite disappointing because I don't have a Tasmanian park run. I would have loved to have get got one of those for um, the Peel Club, but it wasn't to be.
1: So you've obviously got a love for this triathlon business. Explain exactly what a technical judge does at triathlons. I'm, I'm oh, curious. yeah.
2: Yeah, okay, so we're like the – there's a a few different roles. I guess the main role we have is to make sure that triathlons that have been sanctioned by Triathlon Australia or by the International Triathlon Union are run to the standards um, that are required both from a safety perspective in terms of making sure that the course is um, appropriate and people are not going to hurt themselves going down big hills on the bike or (laughs) tripping over things on the run course and things like that. So there's definitely a safety perspective to it. Um, But there's also a fairness perspective. So what we do is we enforce the rules of triathlon. So um, triathlon seems like a pretty simple sport where you just swim a bit and cycle a bit and then go for a run. But there's actually quite a lot of rules to triathlon that we um, make sure that Um, competitors follow and obviously that differs you know if it's a corporate triathlon or a kids triathlon we're pretty lenient with the rules I guess So it's more about participation a little bit more like parkrun but as you get to sort of state championships national championships and international um, elite competitions you have to be a little bit more particular about the rules aspect Um, and that's when sort of there's a bit more pressure I guess to to do the right thing and uphold those kind of standards as well. So it can be pretty tough from that perspective as well.
0: What kind of rules are we talking about? Because I know I've been to like a cross-country triathlon and it was um, there were some young kids participating, and one had like unzipped his his cycle shirt or something like that, and it was flapping open. And they completely freaked out about that and said it wasn't it wasn't appropriate, and he wasn't allowed to cross the finish line until he did his shirt up. Is that one of the those kind of rules?
2: Yikes! <laughs> it is one of the rules. You do have to have your torso covered in a triathlon. Um, so what's that, what's all, that about? all about? Um, real, look, I, there's a couple of reasons why that's a, why that's the case. Obviously, if you have a stack um, off the bike or on the run and you don't have any covering on, then there's a bit of a safety issue. Um, but part of it, I think, is also about the um, the look of the sport. People, the, you know, we want people to to look neat and tidy, and so therefore having a, a torso covered is appropriate. Um, the other aspect is gender equality because obviously women do have to have their torso covered <laughs> for reasons of, um, you know, uh, I guess public decency and so therefore men have to as well.
0: Thank you for explaining that. What, what other kind of rules do they – so do you, do you have a lot of people that break those rules at the, the I guess, higher levels, the more elite levels?
2: Uh, no, look, interestingly, as the, the seriousness of the competition increases, there are generally less rule infringements because, um, you know, people who are competing at the elite level, it's their livelihood, you know, so they make sure that they know the rules and um, their coaches make sure that they stop at the penalty box to serve any time penalties and that kind of thing. Um, probably the, the hardest is sort of the in-between where you've got the young um, juniors Sort of starting off in their you know precursor to their elite careers, and they they haven't quite got all of the protocol um, right, and sometimes they don't know all of the rules at that level. Um, and that that's sort of where that's where it's hardest, I think, because the you know you're sort of talking about you know late teens sort of age where you know they're really trying to give it a red hot go and see if whether see whether they can make it as a professional triathlete. And unless they understand all of the little bits and pieces that go with being a professional triathlete sometimes they don't quite make the mark. So yeah, <laughs> it can be can be tough having those conversations with athletes when they don't understand the rules. and um, you know if they've had a time penalty or they've been disqualified or something like that, it's it's pretty tough.
1: Lindor, have you got a comment on the state of triathlon in general? My, I've got a little bit of a background in triathlon, and it probably was my introduction to, to running. But I look at it now, and it's not as accessible. Like, there are lots of barriers to participation for the triathlon, and I think, from my you know, viewpoint, uh, the sport is suffering. Like, the numbers are down, the events seem to be a lot less than they were when I was involved a long, long time ago. Is that your view from the inside of the triathlon world?
2: Um, that's not my observation. Um, In Queensland, we I live in Queensland and we have, I don't even know how many <laughs> events every year and every week. So this weekend, for example, we have five or six triathlons on um, in Queensland that we have to cover with our technical officials. So, I I don't know. I guess I'm not that involved from an administrative point of view to, to really comment on that.
0: I feel like you can't turn around without there being a triathlon on this weekend. But that that's just an observation for someone who doesn't even participate, isn't um, ever probably going to participate because I would drown in the swim and therefore it would be a one athlon that I DNF'd. So, it's... um
1: maybe it's the climate is one of the barriers to participation so it's it's colder down here so nobody wants to go for the swim it was more it was more <laughs> a comment comment also on the um, the expense of the bikes like is really expensive the time invested to train the races can be quite long and i wonder if that's hurting the sport and i, I just wonder if the sport has ever thought about making something for the more casual recreational triathlete, if they exist?
2: Yeah. Look, there's, there's plenty. I mean, from my perspective as an official, um, I officiate at um, you know, off-road triathlons and duathlons and part th- the the triathlon that I'm going to on Saturday, so I miss another park long, um <laughs> is a corporate triathlon. So, I think there'll be all kinds of people there with all kinds of bikes, whether they're $100 mountain bikes up to $10,000 time trial bikes. Um, so I, I get get your point. I mean, at the at the pointy end and at some of the longer triathlons, it is hard to find a daggy old bike and there's a lot of money involved there. Um, but it's not always the case. I mean, I, I, you don't have to have all of that equipment to do a triathlon, um, really. But um, it just seems to be that there's a lot of competitors that do have all the flashy gear. I don't know. <laughs>
0: I think it's one of those addictive things, you know, once once you get into it, it's just, you know, it's all about the bike and then it's, I, I've got triathlete friends who have taken photos of their bike sleeping in the double bed with them kind of thing, you know, they love their bike that much. So, um, I think it's a slippery slope.
2: Yeah, I've, I've <laughs> never, certainly never done that but my my bikes have names, so... <laughs>
0: well that's fair enough you know you spend a lot of time with them I'm sure there's conversations that happen there and you know you want them to be friendly especially you know I don't understand the whole seat thing I don't think one of those seats could possibly be comfortable however my brother informs me it's all about the pants that you wear which have all the padding so um, I think I'll just leave that uh, for now but I do know some people who train for their triathlons and they do some sort of weird mixy-uppy thing where they they chuck a park run in there as their run leg. So often they'll do like a reverse or or a mixed-up one where they'll cycle to park run, they'll do park run and then they'll go for a swim afterwards. Do you know too many people that do that?
2: I've seen it at park run lots of times. People arrive in their cycling gear. Um, I don't know that I've seen anyone do a swim afterwards but it's not a bad idea. There's plenty of park runs near water, right? So it sounds like a pretty feasible idea.
0: Probably not too many uh, people can swim after Bunyaville. What what makes Bunyaville your home park run, Lyndall? I know you mentioned that you've got other events that are closer, so it's not obviously the convenience for it. What draws you to Bunyaville?
2: Uh, I like trail running. So um, I, I don't do as many triathlons anymore, but I still do trail runs. And when I discovered Bunyaville, I thought, oh, yeah, this is this is what I like to do from a running perspective. But then the people out there were really friendly and, um, you know, I sort of went a couple of times and people already remembered my name and said hello to me and things like that. So um, I guess I just felt like I belonged there, I guess, a little bit more than other park runs that I'd been to. So um, so that was it. I was just hooked then and and thought, yep, I'm going to make Runyville my home park run.
1: Okay, let's get into the nitty-gritty we want to hear your top three, Lindell.
2: Oh <laughs> have
1: you thought about it?
2: I I started to and I thought, Oh, I don't know whether I should pick a top three from all of because people know who I am now and <laughs> know that I've been to their park run, they might be cranky at me if I don't pick theirs. So um so yeah, I look I can probably give it a go, but I am a bit unsure about it,
0: Scotty, to be honest. Okay, okay, <laughs> not, scrap that. We're not scrap in the people pleasing business though.
1: Give us give us the if money was no object answer. If you could go to any park run in the world, where would you like to go?
2: Ah, yes, I did think about this one, actually. Um, so if time and money was no object and I could go anywhere in the world, I would definitely go to a Scandinavian park run, just because I've never been to that part of the world before and I understand that it's a pretty nice part of the world. So I did a little bit of research and I found... A um, parkrun in Sweden that is a gravel parkrun called Orebro. I don't know whether I'm pronouncing that correctly, but the pictures look absolutely stunning. It's a gravel road um, across, you know, a body of water. So it just looks absolutely beautiful. Um, So that's where I would go.
0: I like that you've, you've chosen some place that's a little bit different, you know we get a lot of people saying that they'd like to go back to, they'd like to go to Bushy and things like that, but you actually went searching for, you know, I, I think that should be a little task we set everybody to figure out, like get the maps out, look at all the events in the world and figure out where they might like to go and do a little bit of research so they can start manifesting that.
2: Yeah, well, Bushy's a pretty obvious one, and of course. You know, if I was in the UK, that would be the first park run that I would do just for the experience of being at the, the spiritual home of park run, That would be awesome. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of place that I would probably find myself sometime and probably will get there at some point. So I thought, oh, well, if time and money was no object, I'd find somewhere really out of the way and, and go there. So, so yeah, that, that's that's the one I'd pick. It looks really, really nice.
0: One day we'll find a really rich benefactor to pay for everybody's ultimate parkrun dream. And we'll all go. We'll, we'll be all going in separate, you know, directions all over the world. But that's okay. We can report back afterwards.
2: I was going to say, we should all go on tour together and go to all of our ideal parkruns.
0: Oh, that would be a very cool Contiki type tour. It certainly would
2: be. We'd have to find a very, very rich benefactor, wouldn't we?
0: We would, and I, I anticipate there would be a lot of travel involved. <laughs> Speaking of reporting, however, Lyndall, I know we probably have some listeners out there that wouldn't mind having a crack at roving reporting, but aren't really confident or sure what they would talk about and things like that. Can you give those people any tips on on how you approach your roving reports each week?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, so. Um, sometimes I'm a little bit more organised than others and do a bit of research on the place so um, and have a few prepared questions. Um, but other times I just go up and ask people, you know, how they got involved in parkrun and what they like about parkrun. Um, if it's a theme, it's a pretty um, easy icebreaker, I guess, because everybody feels, for some reason when people are dressed up, they feel a little bit more open. I guess I don't know whether you've noticed that um, because they're a little bit out of their comfort zone already and and happy to um, just have a chat and have a laugh, I guess. so and again, that's an easy sort of opening question, isn't it? What are you dressed as today, and why did you choose that costume? and what do you like about dressing up kind of thing? Um, so just if you know if it if it helps to feel a bit more prepared, just just spend five minutes writing down some questions. Um, and thinking about what you're going to ask people um, but and also have a bit of a plan as to who you want to talk to. Make sure that you do. I, one thing I always do is make sure I talk to the run director or the event director to just get a bit of a background on the park run and um, and I also like to thank them for their contribution as well. I think they feel really special um, to to get that acknowledgement, I think, as well. So that's something that I like to do as part of my roving reports. Um but I think just getting involved and 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 don't be shy. Um the the thing that I remember is that I don't have to do the talking. I just have to ask a couple of open questions and the the, the other park runners will do all of the talking. So um, so don't don't worry about being prepared with too much to say. You just have to have, have to have a couple of good questions and and hopefully it all the magic will just happen.
1: I think that's some great tips there, Lindell. I think just having a couple of questions. So when you get tongue-tied or when you get a bit awkward, you can just uh, call on those trusty old questions that you've got is uh, a great tip. Now, the uh, the question I've got for you, though, that I prepared earlier is, (laughs) when are you coming to Melbourne? We hear a lot about these Queensland events. When are we going to have a triathlon event that will bring you down to Melbourne?
2: Well, if I go down there to a triathlon event, I might not get to park run anyway. <laughs> so I don't know. I would love to go to Melbourne. Um, I need to do a C for my pirate club at some point, so I know that there's a couple of C park runs in in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, I guess I'd love to get down there sometime. I don't need a Victorian park run anymore because I've done a Victorian park run now, but. I'll be down there at some point, Scotty.
1: Okay. I'm waiting for you. Lyndall, thanks very much for coming on. It's great to have one of our family as our guest for our 100th episode. Um, So thoroughly enjoyed getting to know more about Lyndall Murray.
2: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I was really excited to be a part of it.
3: Hello, uh, this is David. I'm at the uh, Mitchelton Park Run, and with me I have... Steve York. Steve, Steve. So we've just finished doing the run here. Tell me, how many runs have you done at Mitchelton?
4: Uh, about 100. A bit okay. over a 100 now. Quite,
3: Quite a few. Out of how many? 120-something. Uh, uh, getting up yeah. there, so he's up to the black shirt. <laughs> and tell me, what got you into running Park Run? Park
4: Run? Well, um, I was starting to get into running, and... Um, I happen to be running past a park run on a Saturday morning and uh, a bloke that I know from, soccer, from the soccer club just yeah. nearby, he... Uh He was running in the opposite direction and said, hey, you should get into parkrun. And a couple of weeks later, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's still running parkrun. I saw him here today. Okay.
3: Uh, That's a great way of advertising.
4: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, people you know. So you do a few other runs besides
3: uh, the the parkruns, some races?
4: Uh, Yeah, I've done a few marathons since I started running. So I've been probably going about two or three three years now yeah, oh,
3: that, yeah. that's excellent and <laughs> yeah. what do you like specifically about Mitchelton uh
4: I like the trees
3: the trees yes. and it's
4: a nice kind of meandering course that has a few undulations but nothing super major
3: oh I found a few of the undulations they're <laughs> certainly there
4: <laughs> yeah well, I think I think they uh, sort the men out from the boys in a way it's um you get to if you've got a steady pace on you Um, you get to catch up to a few people there. There
3: were were certainly a lot of people out there today.
4: Yeah, oh yeah, I think today might be a record. It's over 400, I'd say. Oh great, okay.
3: (laughs) Look, that's all, thank you very much. Awesome, no worries. And hello, we're still at Mitchelton and we've just caught up with the 301th runner today. Uh, And what's your name?
5: Karen McCone.
3: Karen, well done. Yes. You have just run the (laughs) 60,000th run at uh, Mitchelton. Right. Tell me, how, how many runs have you done here?
5: About 29.
3: Oh, about. That's about very About
5: twi- oh, Yeah, and I've done a couple at different places with my other children. Oh, okay. Yeah, so
3: yeah. it's a family thing for It's a family
5: you. thing. I ran yeah. with my grandson today. At,
3: I saw him coming right, in just yeah, in front, front, front of, of you. And I think it was your daughter-in-law, was it, who was doing something with the tokens? Yeah, and my
5: son and daughter-in-law are doing tokens yeah. today. And my other daughter, she's training to do the Apollo Bay Marathon in May.
3: Definitely a family thing. Yeah. <laughs> and my
5: husband now, he has a sore hip, but he still walks it. Oh, good on him. Yeah. So he's still
3: out there at the he's moment. He's still out
5: there at the moment. So, oh.
3: yeah. <laughs> so it's a big family it's affair. It's a big
5: family affair, yeah.
3: So yeah, which other park runs have you done beside Mitchell?
5: Um, Redcliffe and <laughs> Central Lakes up at Caboolture. That's where my well. other two children live. So. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: should have guessed, really. Yeah. So what do you like about park running?
5: Um, it's fun. It gets me up and moving. Um... I'm getting to the age if I don't do something I'm gonna lose it and I need to keep moving.
3: Oh, I think we all know And that sort of our family
5: feeling. it's a I get to see my children on a Saturday morning and we have a chat. And it's a family
3: affair. No, it's it yeah. a great thing. Yeah. Look, thank you very much and congratulations okay. on being, doing the 60,000th run. I yeah.
5: am trying to get under 300. I've had 301 for the last three weeks. <laughs> so I'm still there, there, trying. Are so, there
3: are so many people here. It's, uh, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Out of interest, what sort of times do you try to for?
5: About 35 minutes.
3: Okay, beautiful. Okay. I think that's about average 30. for here too. Okay, thank oh. you.
5: Well done.
3: Okay, I'm now with the Mitchelton Park Run Director of the Day, whose name is? Uh, Tim Jepp. Tim, yep, yep. thank you. It was a very good uh, uh, run this morning, loads of people. Massive turnout. How, how did you become involved in Park Run, especially Mitchelton?
6: Uh, well, I started at New Farm Park Run with my boss um, in 2012, I think. Um, I ran, I think, 25 park runs out there, North Lakes opened up, I started running out there, Mitchelton then opened up as closest one to home, so okay, this I've is, been here since day one. This is sort of the one in the middle? This is uh, home park run.
3: Okay, and how long have you been run
6: directing? Ah, uh, run directing, uh, a couple of years now, I think, yeah, so okay. good
3: fun. And what, what do you find is uh, the, the best sort of thing around about Mitchelton?
2: Uh, look,
6: right? I think we've built up a just a—it's a good bunch of people, you know—a good bunch of yeah. friends now. So there's a regular runners here, and a you know, um, yeah, it's good, just good fun. There were a lot of
3: smiling faces out there today. There is—at least there was at the start. I'm not too sure at the finish.
6: Uh, a few red faces <laughs> at the finish, but puffing. Um, it's a good course, though. You know, lots of shade. It's not too hilly um, compared to other courses. So, yeah. No, they rather like it. Uh,
3: this looks like being one of your larger crowds, I assume.
6: Uh, but it looks like we're in the 400s again, so I think we hit the peak of 460 uh, about a month ago. Uh, so the numbers are constantly increasing. It's great to see uh, lots of first-timers every week.
3: I noticed a few of those. And yeah. also notice you've got a few uh, large groups that often make an appearance. I think there are about 150 people from the um, in-training group are actually registered as uh, for here as well.
6: Yeah, lots of, a- lots of different... Uh, yeah, Team, uh, groups coming along, I suppose,
3: yeah. Yep. Okay, that should about do it. Uh, thank you very
6: much. Not a problem at
7: all. Howdy, park Runners. It's Tok reporting in from the launch of the magnificent Rosebud park Run. We're down here. Rosebud, for those that don't know, is on the Mornington Peninsula. It's about an hour from Melbourne. It's a bit of a uh, tourism hotspot. And the course that we've run today is a magnificent section of asphalt and boardwalk that runs right along the beach so you see water the whole way. And I'm with Nadine, Nadine is the event director, what a sensational launch, well done.
8: Thank you, yes just trying to catch our breath now, we had 402 parkrunners this morning at our launch which was very exciting for um, somewhere that's um, a little bit out of the way at times and we're really excited to have um, parkrun here in the local community.
7: And we're just making our way over to the uh, coffee at the moment but as you said 402 runners and everyone was pretty well behaved out on the course. I actually liked that everyone was keeping left. So the message is getting out there. You you reinf- reinforced that nice and early. Well done. Yes,
8: tried to um, cover everything in the briefing. Um, lots of high fives out there and um, trying to encourage people to keep left, but also encouraging lots of high fives and a nice friendly course.
7: And most importantly for the Victorian aspect, it's our R.
8: It is our R. And we did have a couple of pirates. Toc may have been uh-huh. one of them.
7: And we did have the pirate flag flying, which was good to see. But uh, no, it's fantastic. It gives people the, uh, the option. We only have six seas in Victoria. We need another sea. So come on out there. If you're in a town that starts with sea, we need you to yeah, get our absolutely. Victorian pirates.
8: <laughs> we, um, we've had a bit of a, a blank spot in park runs down this side of the peninsula. So um, it's going to be great to give options for the whole Southern Peninsula to be able to attend park run.
7: It has certainly filled a big, big hole on the map and it's uh it's going to be very popular i think come summer you're going to be run off your feet with the number of people on here no pun intended no pun intended (laughs) but uh yeah, now look it was a magnificent launch 19 and um, everyone's really happy everyone's yeah. headed for coffee so we've had
8: um, lots of volunteers we probably had about 20 volunteers today um, several marshals out on course and lots of people helping to um, control the chaos around the finish line so obviously we appreciate those and um yeah it's made for a really beautiful morning and the weather was perfect i put in my request and the weather has been magnificent so um, we can't complain at all. It's been it's been perfect morning.
7: And a really high percentage of first timers, which is good because it means you've got a lot of people from the local area yeah. that look like they're interested. Yeah,
8: when we asked for first timers, there were a lot of hands shot up. So um, that was really exciting to see because it means that we've got a community there ready to go and people are excited about being involved in something locally.
7: Cool. Well, congratulations yeah. on the launch. Fantastic day, and I look forward to coming and having a bit of a run on this one when it's uh, a little bit quieter out on the course. Thank
8: you. Come and visit us. We would love to welcome you down here on the beautiful peninsula.
7: And come down, Victoria, for your <laughs> I'm with Beck Howe. Beck went over to New Zealand last week for a bit of a holiday. She decided to go for a bit of a stroll around some mountains and. Beck, I think you ended up doing 160 kilometers at Tarawira.
9: That's right, yeah, first miler, so very exciting stuff and um, had a, an awesome race, so a really good day.
7: And your, your time, Beck, your first miler, and that was a brutal course out there, that was so muddy, it was, it was wet, but it was fun. <laughs> but to get through that in 27 and a half hours, I'm amazed for your first mile, that's just simply awesome. How'd you feel out on the course?
9: um yeah no look i i'd sort of going into it um obviously you know the nerves um did come and i think um for me I I definitely was um, really prepared to hit some really low points out there Um, but funnily enough I honestly had a great day and felt felt strong throughout so yeah there were challenging bits where you were you know sinking into mud and almost losing your shoe and you know um, definitely we had some things thrown at us and also the weather being so wet as well, but um, you know, just to, to keep moving as well as I did and feel as good as I did, um, yeah, real, really, really happy.
7: Beck, 27 hours on your feet, how do you plan nutrition and, and that for that course? Do you, do you carry stuff with you or do you rely on the aid stations?
9: um i had really well stocked um, drop bags and with the drop bags i find i put way too much food in there but my theory is i'm not sure what i'm going to be feeling like i'd rather have a choice from five things than two um, the fruit at the aid stations was amazing so i really smashed um, oranges watermelon um, ginger beer coke so I really fueled up and loaded up on those things it was really good um, and i'd spoken to a couple of guys who you know, quite experienced, and they were really good in their advice that um, small amounts of food and often and start early in the day, and that'll set you up really well going into the night. So I didn't ever feel hungry,
8: which yep. was really good.
7: I think that starting early is the key. You see, Yeah, a lot of people, myself included, at a lot of events, we've not eaten till halfway through, and yep. it's too late. So eating yep. early is a good good advice there.
9: Yeah, and yep. um,
7: running through the night, you didn't have any issues. No, coming it, into the dark.
9: It, it went surprisingly quickly. I probably, I'd hope to have have covered a bit more of the course because we probably lost daylight after the hundred k um, aid station, and that was a pretty muddy, you know, slog up to, to get us up to Miller Road. So that, that look, that was a bit tough. But uh, I would um, picked up a cup of soup at the hundred k checkpoint, and um, that was actually went down a treat. And, uh, and just something different food-wise as well. So, yeah, no, travelled well, go, surprisingly well going into the night given how sparse the, the field was because um, there weren't, there was only 140, just over 140 milers. So when you think about that, that many people spread out over that distance, there's not many people around you. Um, so, yeah, no, just head down and kept working and, um, yeah, it... Um, so, it seemed to pass quickly. <laughs> so,
7: do you have a favourite part on the course? For me, it was coming around the corner and looking at Tarawera Falls in oh, the background and just every runner stopped for a selfie. Yeah. It was that sort of a, yep. a view. Yeah. So,
9: um, lots of beautiful, some beautiful running sections probably before we hit Tarawera Falls and that was yes. really nice. That reminded me a lot of the Dandenong. So, that was just yeah just beautiful just trekking through these sort of nice open fire trails the falls were beautiful and they were absolutely pumping weren't they after all that rain it was um yeah pretty pretty special to see them um in full full action yeah definitely Once again,
7: Beck. massive congrats on your miler. That was an awesome achievement.
9: Oh, thanks, Tony. And thanks so much for everything you do for parkrun and running in general. You're an amazing bloke. And congrats on your own hundred. It was super, super work. Thank you.
10: We're at Rosebud Parkrun on the beautiful Port Phillip Bay. And we've just completed uh, the five kilometres of an outback, 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 outback course. And that sounds really technical, but it's not. it's actually beautiful and lovely. And I've got three legendary park runners with me. Introduce yourself. Uh, Mark Carney.
3: (laughs) Jessica Kelly.
10: Frank Palomo from Westerfolds. Westerfolds. Hey, what time do you have to leave to come down from Westerfolds today, Frank? Uh, Just after dinner time last night. Missed out on dessert, but I'll make up for it at a nice cafe in Rosebud with a bit of cake. Beautiful. Before you come. No, on the way home. (laughs) On the way home, oh yeah, (laughs) of course. And how long from Laylor? Uh,
5: I didn't drive from
3: Laylor actually, I came from Rye. This, mo- this morning. So 15 minutes.
10: Oh, awesome. Luckily we're
11: staying over here.
10: <laughs> and you're wearing the awesome LRC running top. Yeah. Very, uh, very popular club in the north of Melbourne. Sure Doing is. great things.
11: Yeah. And,
10: and Mark, where,
4: where's your home park run? Albert Park, but I live in Broadmeadows. So. <laughs> okay. So what time do you come down this morning? I left, uh, left at um, 5 o'clock. No, sorry, 5.30. Beautiful. And what did you think of the course? Uh, yeah, it's a really nice course along the foreshore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, it sounds a bit technical, but you kind of figure it out. Like, you know, out back, out back, and then back in again. So yeah, no, it's a really uh, nice flat. So it's pretty quick. Yeah, if you want to go quick, um, yeah. if you just want to take your time and enjoy the scenery, yeah, that you get that as well. And did you have any uh highlights today of
10: anything that happened out on course? Oh, or?
3: The awesome high fives coming back coming out and back
5: were re- really good, yeah. That
10: was really good, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was super. Yeah. And what about you, Frankie? Any oh, I, heard, I heard a rumour that you lost your hat on one of the yeah, one of the trees.
4: Uh, <laughs> I did hear the run directors have the start. Watch out for lo- low branches. That was okay. I, I stopped, had a breather, took off again and no, it's just good seeing the familiar faces. Yeah. You know,
10: getting all the shout-outs, it really, you know, m- makes you want to run that a little bit quicker. Yeah. And speaking like of, of faces and the atmosphere, I hope everyone can hear in the background the murmur. I love that murmur yeah. of just the people mm. talking and chatting in the background. Guys, thank you for talking to me. Well done today. Cheers. And we'll see you at your next adventure. We shall. We shall enjoy. No I'm roaming amongst the crowd and I've been attracted to a beautiful green tribe shirts 250 shirt and I have found.
11: Danielle Stewart. Hi Danielle, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So where
10: are you from? Which I'm
11: from f- Albert Park Lake.
10: Ah, terrific. Yes. And so how many more than 250 have you done?
11: I think today might be around 280, give or take. Wow. Yeah, so we clocked up the 250 in August last year.
10: Congratulations, yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. And so what did you think of the course today?
11: It was great. So Great to see so many people and I really noticed a lot of people were smiling and it was nice to have the out and back because at Albert Park Lake we don't have that so it was nice to see some smiling faces.
10: It really was. It was, um, we were talking before about how it's out and back, out and back, out and back and it sounds confusing but, For that atmosphere, it's actually really great.
11: Really easy, and it's good to have the high fives and encourage people along and see people improving as they go. Yeah. So in your 250, have
10: you done a lot of adventuring?
11: Yeah, I think I've done around between 20 and 25 um, other courses and, yeah, really enjoyed it. And a few courses I've gone back to. So I've done a few at Geelong, quite a few at Studley Park. So, yeah, trying to change it up. Studley,
10: there's there's a lot of good people at Studley Park around. Yeah, yeah, Studley
11: Park's (laughs) great. And we went to Mullum Mullum, and that was a memorable launch as well. That's quite an interesting, intricate course. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, been around the traps and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Great to meet you. You Thank you for talking
10: to me. Thank you. And all the best for the next 250. Appreciate. I'll be looking for your blue shirt. Yeah, I
11: know. I can't wait for the 500. (laughs) Well done. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All
10: right now. I was just I was just met the person that's done 250 park runs and she's got a wow. green shirt on that is pretty good. and so I'm like a, a magpie attracted to a, a shiny thing on the ground I've been attracted <laughs> by the the beautiful running Divas shirts so I have found a bunch of divas. they've just finished Rosebud Park run how did it go girls Fantastic.
5: Fantastic.
9: so well, shout it. out
10: your name so we know Nicole,
9: your, Gemma Judy, Judy Debbie Erica
3: Michelle
10: now Therese na- Therese Yay! Therese is the, one of the founding event director, run yeah, director. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. She
8: yeah. is the beautiful. one who actually set up the course. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Hats Only off. Only one of them. Only one of them. It's a team effort. It is. Team, ever team Gary, effort, Gary, every time.
10: <laughs> well done. <laughs> and it's a beautiful course. Do the divas agree? Yes. yes.
8: Excellent. Spectacular. So how did it go out there today? It was great.
9: Fantastic
10: energy out there. Lots of people on the way.
9: High fives. It was great.
10: And so are you guys all from the same park run?
9: No, No, well, since this is my first one, this will be my park run.
10: Congratulations, first park run.
9: Now, I've had my barcode for four years. Get out. And this is the first time it's been (laughs) scanned. Well done. It's a very good day,
5: very exciting. So,
10: it would have been a bit awkward if you'd left it at home today after that. Very awkward. (laughs)
5: That would have been highly embarrassing.
10: (laughs) Well done. And some Paco Roadrunners, I noticed here too, amongst the Divas. Yes, Yes. Very good.
3: Absolutely.
10: What was the atmosphere like out there today?
3: Brilliant. It really was. It, you, you didn't feel alone, especially with all the divas out
8: there, and the colours, yes.
3: which we did discuss. Yes. But just see uh, even the young kids out there as well, it's just great. Yeah. Oh, it's it really is. The
8: support that everyone gives yeah, yeah. each other. Yeah. <laughs> and, and do you do
10: much adventuring together, go to different park runs?
8: We're
0: still trying to get them into it. Come on, Erica's done
8: her
10: first, Gemma's done her first. Yes, Gemma's first as well today. Well done Gemma,
0: congratulations. (laughs) Yeah,
9: I loved it. We actually have a young diva who's not here with us who did a PB today. Oh, well done. Yes, so she's... Taryn's just over here, Taryn. She's just done a PB, one of
10: our young divas. Taryn, well done.
9: She's the superstar of the future. Well done, Taryn. How old are you, Taryn? I'm 12.
10: Congratulations. A young running diva. We love that. Good job. What do you
9: love about running? I don't really know. <laughs> but you're good at it. And that feels great. Yeah. Yes, yes. She's a superstar. She is. Well done. Well done.
10: Divas, thank you so much. Thank Congratulations. Thank well you. done today. How are you? you look I'm amazing. And of we'll, we'll see you at a fun run somewhere for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Happy 100th podcast from the Running Divas. Yay! Tino I found doing his 100th and a lot of people, a lot of listeners would remember Mark from the videos that he's done around different park runs around the around the country, around, the, around the state, around yes, the world.
12: Yes, mainly in South Africa. Sorry, I'll introduce, so here's Mark.
10: Okay. <laughs> well done, Mark,
12: <laughs> on your 100th park run. Thanks very much. How did you find today? fantastic scenery is beautiful awesome day and a lot of smiley faces and uh, yeah absolutely stunning in South Africa obviously because we've lived there I've done quite a few videoing that side and then on the way we did Singapore Uh, we've been a few in England and then a lot in Victoria State so we're living here now and uh, we're travelling all over and I try to do as many uh, park runs as possible to video to be able to show people what it's all about Um, people that are sitting on the couch maybe they'll come across my video and say wow I can actually do that because uh, as you notice in my videos I show a lot of um, smiley phases. I'll go old, fast runners, slow runners, it doesn't matter, it's right across the board, just get out there on a Saturday morning and do it and hopefully uh, you can pick up and say, wow, I'd like to go to Port Ollington or I'd like to go to Hamilton or I'd like to go to Dorkey or whatever you know.
10: Yeah, that's terrific Mark, that's really good, the, the videos are incredible they're really good. So um, so how many different park
12: runs do you think you've done in, in your touring? Um, I think it's probably around about 36 40 I'm not sure. I've lost count, but you'll have to ask my wife. She got the stats on that. <laughs> I've got the beautiful Cheryl here with me. Cheryl, do you know the stats on that?
9: Well, according to the Parkrun website, <laughs> it says that he has done 33 different <laughs> events, but we'll have to check
12: that out. They could be wrong. Yeah. i I so got to go work.
11: I, I've i done 93 different events.
12: Wow. That's, but
11: then I have a problem. A <laughs> okay, run problem. And
12: I'm only the driver, so that's... that's <laughs> and mind.
10: listeners will notice your distinct South African accent. So how long have you guys been out here park running for?
12: We've been out uh, for 10 months. Uh, a few days ago, around uh, 10 months ago, and we're absolutely loving it. What's your home park
10: run back home in South Africa?
12: Uh, Big Bay. Big, Big Bay, Bay yeah, yeah. It's in Cape Town. Yeah. And uh, we will change it eventually. Yeah. But... Um, yeah. And what's the? Do you
10: notice the difference between park runs in South Africa to here in Australia or?
12: Not at all. They're still very much uh, the same. Uh, smiley faces, a lot of people, uh, the, the same enthusiasm um, that you find in South Africa, you find it here and in England. So yeah. basically, wherever you have a park run, same people. Same atmosphere. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah.
10: All right. Mark, thank you very much for talking to me. That's Perfect. brilliant, mate. Much appreciated. Thanks for talking to the Parkrun Adventurers. Pleasure. And, Love you, podcast. And lovely Cheryl. Thanks, Cheryl. It's
12: a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. Congratulations, Mel and Scott. On
7: your
10: 100th podcast. From Rosebud Parkrun and the Victorian chapter of the Channel 5
7: News crew.
12: And your number one fan.
7: Happy 100th podcast, Scotty and Mel. Well done, guys. woo Alan and Scott. Scott, happy, happy 100th,
1: 100th podcast. Oh More roving reports. Nice work from the boys this week. Double effort from the Rosebud launch. 402. That's a good size launch. And we had Dave Moss visiting Mitchelton a couple of weeks ago. But he was getting all nerdy with his stats. So nice work, team. Now, Scotty,
0: there's a lot going on obviously every week on the parkrun calendar where do we need to go this week or what should we be putting in our diaries
1: well, let's have a look at one launch we've got this week it's event number three for the northern territory at the very coolly named nightcliff parkrun
0: that is a very cool name does that always make you think of like night rider
1: hmm. no i think nightclubs so I nightclubs yeah i just think it must be
0: just like a party that's not as cool as David Hasselhoff with a bloody... No, it wasn't David Hasselhoff. It was Tom Selleck. No, it
1: wasn't. It was David Hasselhoff. No, it was,
0: it was <laughs> David Hasselhoff. <laughs> We're sticking with the German theme two weeks in a row. The Hoff likes himself a bit of German. What are you talking about? Um, he, is very, he is very popular in Germany. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Apparently he is. Yeah.
0: Uh, but no... Like a car that can talk and do all these fancy things is much cooler than nightclubs. I'm pretty sure that's what they were thinking when they named the town Nightcliffe or the area.
1: Yeah, look, maybe. No, actually not maybe. They weren't. (laughs) But Nightcliffe, hey, it's it's another, it's a new point on the compass club, which has just gone to, what's the word? It's become
0: a very expensive club. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the Peel Club. Okay, go to every state or territory. Great. You only have to do one. You can choose your one in that state. The Compass Club? Nah. Points are getting replaced every week these days. It's crazy. Did you
1: think that through when you came up with it?
0: <laughs> no. Well, no, We, I think we did understand that the points could be replaced. I just don't think we really foresaw how fast Park Run Australia would grow and, and – at the extremities, maybe we thought the extremities would stay fairly stable for a while and people would move further inland but no, we seem to be wanting to get closer to the coasts yeah. um, here there and everywhere so I mean we are going to we are going
1: to reach the boundaries at some point like you, you know, we will run out of land.
0: Yeah and then then we'll have a whole bunch of island park runs and things like that. Hey, so the third event in the Northern Territory, how massive do you think it's going to be and what do you think it's going to do to the numbers at the other events this weekend?
1: in the northern territory. I want you I
0: want yeah, I want your predictions for, for numbers.
1: I'm not an expert on the running population in the northern territory, I've got to admit. But
0: that's okay. I'll go, I'm I'll, willing I'll, to take your amateur opinion.
1: Let's go with 148.
0: At nightcliffe. Yes. Oh, I think I think you're under underestimating them.
1: Well, this is your opportunity to prove me wrong.
0: Well, I think it will be more than that. That's as far as <laughs> no, I will say. <laughs> no. It doesn't work like that. And you can't say
1: 149. <laughs>
0: um, I reckon 308. What? Yeah. Okay. Mark, make it happen.
1: Let's see. Let's see what happens. Uh, launches are one thing to get excited about. So to uh, anniversaries, we have four this week. I'll start us off in Newborough, in Victoria, and Panania, in New South Wales.
0: And then we've also got Studley, in Victoria, um, and Tuggeranong, in the ACT. So, as the former Studley event director, will you be attending Studley this weekend, Scotty? Of
1: course. Of course I will. Two years. That needs to be celebrated.
0: How fast has that gone? Yeah,
1: hasn't it? Like, when we started this podcast, that's what I was doing. Yeah, it was like it
0: was like the podcast's twin. It was your other baby. Yeah, at the time.
1: Yep, and now we're in the terrible twos. (laughs) But I tell you what, Studley's going from strength to strength. The numbers grow every week. Uh, The event team grows, and we're having a rock star theme. Ah,
0: that's perfect. So, if any parkrun adventurers out there would like to hear a live rendition of 99 Red Balloons, (laughs) you can request it at Studley this weekend because that's where Scotty will be. I don't know
1: what (laughs) you're talking about.
0: I'm not going to let it go, Scotty, because that was my favourite episode of all time. (laughs) Do you have a favourite episode? You know, we've been here for 100 now. Have you got, like, something that you fondly remember from our time on the pod waves?
1: Uh, probably Episodes one two ninety eight were probably my, my favourites. <laughs> <laughs> it took, it took a swift downhill <laughs> last week, but we're on an upward tra- trajectory this week. So okay, that's a positive. Um, but if you like, I said, if you've ever have any doubts of whether we've got listeners, Mel, after last week, I know we've got listeners because I think <laughs> <laughs> multiple messages kept coming from Tuesday onwards.
5: Excellent. From, from
1: around the world, which was which was great.
0: Fan some, mail, I'm sure. Some people I didn't even know. <laughs> 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 oh, so. there's been so much joy. So much joy.
1: But where were we? Yeah, Rockstar. Rockstar theme. So I think that's that's a first for me. And I'm 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 not gonna rehash an old outfit. I'm committed to coming up with something fresh for this week. Um, you know what I also have to thank our listeners for is they're also checking up on me. Which, oh,
0: and how is your marathon training going? Almost forgot.
1: Well, I've missed a couple of days. I've missed a couple of days and I don't want to miss any more because I know people are watching. So it's really working. Well,
0: that's good. I'm glad the pressure is working for you.
1: Yeah. So thanks for that. Let's keep it coming. I'm never going to get sick of it. But uh, one of the, I've lost me toes, Mel. I've lost toenails. So that's that's my commitment to this training.
0: Long long runs, uh, uh, you've got, uh, they're taking away your, what are t- toenails even for? Like seriously? They get in the
1: way. And Obviously,
0: <laughs> of socks and shoes. <laughs> and so the socks and shoes put paid to them.
1: Yeah. Have you, have you ever lost a toenail? I mean, you're not well, a I real have- runner until you have.
0: I have actually, yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we've discussed it on this very podcast. Really? Because I was super proud. Yeah. When when it came off, I was just like, yeah. And I got some weird looks, but...
1: Um, okay. Well, as we discovered last week, I don't remember everything we've said on the podcast. So I <laughs> apologize if we're going over old ground. But I'm really surprised with how um, robust my toes are because it just popped off and <laughs> it wouldn't know any difference. Like, there's no pain... It's, um, it's Did it go hardening. black first? Oh, yeah, it went black straight away, both of them. So my big toes. I've lost one. The other one's almost coming off.
0: The big toes have come off?
1: Yeah, they're the ones it, that have gone.
0: Okay, tell me, so is it making you rethink your shoes or your socks? Like, was there a particular thing, like a, a, a traumatic event?
1: Well, it was from that Ballerine Sunset Run, and I think I wore thick socks on a hot day.
0: Were there, were there a lot of downhills? Because I find if your like, feet are being slammed into the toe no. box or whatever they want to call it. No, it, it was dead lot. flat.
1: It was dead flat. But I was wearing my cap backwards for the whole run. So I think I was going a bit faster than normal. You were going than
0: the, Yeah.
1: And my shoes couldn't keep up. <laughs> they weren't used to it. Okay. That's the only way I can explain it.
0: So maybe bin those socks or only use them for winter warming. But you know, Feet.
1: see, see there's, a, there's a thing with the socks They were $2 socks from the $2 shop And, and I'm heaven on th-
0: forbid they're not any good for running well,
1: no, I'm on this eternal quest to find good running socks You know where you can get the best running socks?
0: Where? Okay, so is this a rhetorical question? Because I know where I get my running socks
1: Is it the same place I get them?
0: I don't know, probably not if you're wearing $2 running socks
1: Aldi If you ever see running socks at Aldi, snap them up Okay. That's my hot tip for the week.
0: <laughs> Do you have How Aldis much... up there? Yes, we have Aldis in Queensland. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you ask me if we have things here. Sometimes is it's it? like you think I, I I'm in a foreign country or something.
1: Anyway, okay. so is, is that where you get your socks from?
0: No, that is not where I get my socks from. Um, but thank you for that hot tip. I will to. You know what? I have to admit something here. I never shop in Aldi. I'm not an Aldi shopper.
1: Well, you need to get in there and hunt down the socks.
0: But just stuff isn't in logical places. And there's a whole bunch of random things that you don't need.
1: Yeah. Look, I'm not going to go to bat for Aldi. Apart from the socks. Okay. I think, uh, yeah, socks is about all we go
0: there for. (laughs) Okay.
1: But yeah, but so I got my $2 socks from the $2 shop, and they're now my new favourite socks. But they are thick socks, so you just never know. The world is full of surprises, Mill.
0: Well, thank you for sharing that surprise with us, Scotty. I was not expecting to have that conversation with you today, so there you go. I hope... Hey, I, I didn't notice. So when I lost my toenails, it was on my pinky toe, and they're pretty tiny, those little toenails, so you don't really notice, but... I imagine when the toenail grows back, because it grows from the bottom up, doesn't it? It doesn't just like appear like a shell and then thicken over time. It actually grows up from the bottom. Is that weird? Uh, Not
1: to me, no. I think that's how toenails work. How would you expect (laughs) them to grow from the
0: top? No, but like to look at it when it's only half grown and it just looks like this tiny... Like, you've got all this extra bit of toe left on the end of it. Mm. I'm not going to Google toenails because I reckon there's a lot of gross things out there.
1: I'll just send you a photo of mine.
0: Oh, could you? Would you do that?
1: Take it as a given.
0: That was my sarcastic voice. If you couldn't tell, Scotty, please do not send me a picture of your toes.
1: Okay. Um, Do you think people are hanging on to the end of the episode, hoping um, one of us will sing again? in a foreign language, and <laughs> and they're having to endure our conversation about toenails.
0: I think if they've got through this um, conversation about toenails, they deserve. You should just pop in your little 99 Red Balloons again this week.
1: I still don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you, keep, you keep mentioning it.
0: On that note, I'll talk to you next week, Scotty.
1: I'll speed spin.
0: is isn't even the words. <laughs> what is it? Auf Wiedersehen. That's it's
1: what I said. It's Auf Wiedersehen.
0: Auf No, you didn't. Auf <laughs> of- Wiedersehen. No, there's too many S's in there. The Christening way you my say German? It, it's Auf off- Wiedersehen. And now somebody's going to correct me.